Good morning, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to The Sherrard Show. I am your host, Sherrard, for our very special morning episode of The Sherrard Show. We're so excited. We have an MMA star, a gentleman who's been doing it for many years on a very high level. He's very impressive career in all the things he's done, and he's here to talk about his career as well as his future in MMA and some of the exciting things upcoming. We have Mr. James Netflix Neville on The Sherrard Show, but before we speak to him this morning, The Sherrard Show is brought to you by Pure Essence television ladies and gentlemen where you can see the biggest episodes of your life from Smokey Robinson to the Manhattans the Isley Brothers Melissa Manchester you name it they've been on the Sherrard show just look at your monitor on pure essence television you can add it via Roku as well as your iOS device and including Android and then if you missed this episode you can also listen to it on iHeartRadio. And then lastly, the Sharp uh, Sherrard Show is brought to you by Sharp Minded Cultural Center. This is the cultural center where you can be able to learn how to play piano, learn how to sing, act, model as well for those who have autoimmune illnesses. We are looking to open up a cultural center in a city near you. Just follow the link if you'd like to donate. We'd love for your charitable donation to the cause. Well, um, MMA is just as popular as boxing, ladies and gentlemen, where you see some of the biggest stars like Conor McGregor and John Jones and uh, Habib and so many others um, that are gracing your television set as well as pay-per-view every Saturday night. But then we have another gentleman here who's sitting here who I guarantee you, you'll see him on pay-per-view as well very, very soon. He's a rising star, very talented as well. And some of the ladies might confuse him for Brad Pitt, but he's on the Sherrard Show for the first time. Mr. James, Netflix Neville, welcome, sir. How are you? Good, good. Thanks for having me. I'm really excited for this. I appreciate it. Very you excited me. to have you on the show as well. Now, you're a young man, um, Neville, but you've been uh, pretty experienced. You have a very impressive amateur record as well. Um, you've actually won nine in a row. Is that correct? Uh, yes, not or not nine in a row, but I've won, um, I think, three, four, six. Yeah, uh, nine total finishes in my um, the of the 10, nine were finishes. Now, what inspired you or got you going into being an MMA? Even though it's a very brutal sport, it's very popular, but what was your inspiration about joining the ranks and being an MMA? So it started with UFC, like back when Chuck Liddell was kind of the big star, knocking everyone out. Um, I mean, before that, if we want to go way back, it started with uh, wrestling, pro wrestling, um, with the WWE now, with like Stone Cold The Rock. I grew up watching that, loved it. Um, that's what eventually got me into wrestling as a kid. Um, and then I got older, got into high school, and then, then it was um, UFC was becoming a big thing. And I was like, oh, this looks pretty fun, too. So that's what led me to go into jitsu. And that's what kind of, you know, brought me into the whole fighting game. Um, as far as like an actual competitive, like I love, you know, the professional wrestling, but, you know, it's more choreographed. So like this is like actual competing in a cage, real fighting. Um, and I've always just loved that one on one aspect of uh, sports and stuff, because, you know, I did football which was nice and all, but, you know, if you get a bad kicker, if the quarterback messes up, then you guys lose. But, you know, in there, it's on you. And I've always um, just like that one on one aspect of uh, fighting. So tell us what jiu-jitsu uh, comprises of. Oftentimes people say, you know, it's just mainly about flipping or it's judo. What is jiu-jitsu for those who are watching this morning? So Brazilian jiu-jitsu is essentially the easiest way I describe it is submission wrestling. So it's a grappling art where, you know, there's takedowns, but most of the time it's on the ground with submissions, whether it be arm locks, chokeholds, um, just overall dominating your opponent through grappling. Um, it was originally made for defense, uh, um, you know, kind of the smaller person be the big one. Um, when UFC one came out, uh, Hoist Gracie was like the, you know, the, 
the face of jujitsu. He was like the smallest guy in the tournament, but he was just wrecking everyone with his, uh, his great technique. So yeah, jitsu is one of like, you know, the small man sport, right? You don't have to be the biggest. As long as you have good technique, you can beat uh, most people, especially if they don't know it. Now, you know, um, there's uh, many people who classify MMA uh, mixed martial arts as far more brutal as boxing. Now boxing can take you out with one blow, lay you out and things like that. But MMA, you know, there's a lot of things, there's legs coming your way as well as hands and head butts and things like that. With the danger of the sport, um, is that something that concerns you or is that something that you embrace um, being a pro and a professional now in the sport? So I would, me personally, I would make the argument that boxing is actually a lot more uh, dangerous than MMA. So when it comes to it, obviously boxing, you just deal with the punches. Um, now with MMA, you have elbows, kicks, knees, you have all these kinds of things. Um, the Most of the time in MMA, now you will get, you know, broken stuff here and there. It is going to happen. It happens in boxing as well. Um, but with boxing, I noticed that when, you know, someone gets rocked, they put them down, you know, they'll give them the 10 count, they'll come back up and they'll start fighting. Opposed to MMA, once you get dropped, if you, you know, not protecting yourself, they stop the fight right away. Um, and usually when it comes to boxing, you know, if you get the tank out, you stand up, you keep fighting, but then your brain's all rattled and then you're about to take more punches. That's what's going to do the longer term brain damage opposed to MMA where they'll stop it right away. Um, you know, that's my, I haven't done too much research, but into it, but like, that's always been my a big argument with it. So I think, um, and yeah, I mean, I'm not going to argue it. It's, it is what it is. I love boxing as well, but with MMA, I honestly, it's part of the sport. I've never, you know, knock on wood, had a serious injury. Um, my game as a fighter, I'm more of a grappler submission. So I usually get close, take people down. So it's not a lot of standing there and throwing. So throughout my career, I've been lucky enough to have been very fortunate to not have any serious injuries. I've been very, the way I fight, um, I usually keep my, I keep myself protected while, um, you know, not necessarily hurting my opponent, but my submissions, I go for submissions, arm locks, so they, I can get them to tap so they don't really have the opportunity to really hurt me. And, you know, I've taken my blows here and there, but for the most part, I've been pretty safe. Now, now, when it when you look at MMA, for example, you look like the Conor McGregor's, um, you know, he's had a lot of success early on. He's a um, business tycoon now, but yeah. he's lost um, quite a few fights in a row. And when he went against Habib, you know, Habib took him down and almost submitted him right away. Um, what do you think is the thing that's led to uh, kind of the decline in Mr. Conor McGregor? Um, it, it's really simple. When he started off, he wasn't a big name. Like he definitely rose faster than most because of his great talent. Um, but at the end of the day, you know, uh, the starting your career off hungry, being an unknown, you have to work your way up. You have to make that kind of, you know, that fight, that struggle. A person, you know, you see it in life when kids are grown with like rich parents and they get whatever they want. They become spoiled. They become entitled. You get someone who grows up, you know, financially struggling. They work for things. They fight for it. Uh, Conor McGregor started so well because he was, you know, a natural talent. He worked hard for it. Um, now he's a millionaire. Now he doesn't have, now he's no struggle. Like it's, I think what really got to him, like it's hard to have that same hustle as a millionaire opposed to like when you have nothing and you have to fight to earn where you're at. Um, you know, that's the biggest, I think, issue with a lot. Some fighters is they have that drive early. And then once they get successful, the ego takes over. They, you know, they slack off. They get rid of that, that drive that got them there in the first place. So, so what's going to keep you from not turning into a Conor McGregor when you achieve the success you've always wanted? I mean, it's very difficult um, waking up in silk sheets and uh, silk underwear to get up and have to train at three in the morning. So how are you able to um, look to adjust, make that adjustment and stay hungry in spite of your success that's impending? 
Um, I'm very, I'm not very ego driven. I don't think I'm better than anyone, even people who are definitely, you know, don't train as much as me. I'm very open-minded. I work with anyone and everyone. Um, I, I, my whole job is training and coaching and I work with, you know, the highest level people or the lowest level people. I don't believe I'm above anyone. So I think my, you know, I'm willing to work with anyone and I'm always wanting to get better. Like as I've, started coaching more, you know, that usually can get fighters in trouble because they start coaching more and start training less. And that gets, takes, um, you know, gets them in trouble. But with me, I coach and I train at the same time because I'm always willing to learn. I'm never s- settling with, you know, I know it all. I can always learn. It's a crazy sport. There's so many things you could be doing this for 10, 20 years and still not even, you know, not even know most things. So I'm always hungry. I'm just, I love this sport because I love learning. I like it that, you know, we're all humans. We most, you know, we're just bodies, but that knowledge you have can separate you from most people. And I've just always been fascinated with that. Now, you know, the, I'm, I'm pretty much in that point in my life where I'm young for life and I'm still getting old. I'm like 31. So I'm getting closer to like, you know, once you get that 30, 40 range, you know, you gotta be doing something or, you know, your body can only take so much. So I'm just very, I'm, you know, open-minded to always learning. I'm, you know, I've always just been a humble guy and it's just, I don't think, you know, money, I won't, I won't take that and relax. I'll take that and like train more, use that more to go into my training to be the best. Ladies and gentlemen, for those who have just joined us, we are talking to MMA uh, superstar, um, Mr. James Netflix Neville about his career, about his ambitions. And this man is going far um, in, the, in his career. We can just look at him and tell, as well as you can see some of his footage of some of his matches, this guy is getting down. Now you were mentioning also um, that uh, early on, as I was reading about you, you're 0-1 professionally because your first fight um, was against a guy who had 13 matches up on you. Is that correct? Yes, 13 pro fights. So he had, he also had a long amateur career. So in, I don't even know in total. But yeah, he had 13 pro fights when I was making my debut. Mm-hmm. So what was that like uh, going up against someone like that? Did you embrace the challenge? Were you nervous about it? What was your mindset? I embraced it. I loved it. Um, You know, on paper, it's a very silly matchup. It was a silly matchup for me to take. And, you know, even in hindsight, not even necessarily losing it. You know, when you're debuting, you want to go against someone, you know, around your same, you know, couple fights at most. Um, not necessarily 13 pro fights. So it was very eager on my part. Um, but I mean, you saw, and we've saw like my amateur career was very successful, 10 wins, nine finishes. I had six title belts within the, the mark or, you know, the circuit. So I was a very up and comer and I still am. I just took a very ambitious fight. I kind of pushed myself to it and, um, it was a great fight too. Um, it was very back and forth. Um, it kind of put, even though in loss, it was a very showing you where I'm at, even though I'm debuting, I'm already competing with a vet at pro. So, you know, this next coming up fight, I'm going against someone who's debuting where now and it's reversed where he is now going against a very hungry fighter needing to come back. That's pretty dangerous, man. When you're going against a scrappy, hungry young buck, no matter how many fights you have, because I'm sure I, I did not see the fight, ladies and gentlemen, but I'm sure the man woke up the next morning knowing he was in a fight. Absolutely. I don't win or lose, you know, you always win, but I, they, I'm, a, I'm a fighter. I push until they break or I break, but someone's breaking. I go until, you know, somebody loses and yeah, that's always been my style. And I don't think that's going to change. But James, one thing that's very interesting about the um, industry as well as, for example, some fighters like Conor McGregor's, I use him as example, is just mainly a striker, but he doesn't uh, have wrestling moves or takedown moves like that. And then you have guys like Habib, who um, is more of a wrestler, brutal, he's rough, and he'll take you down um, and not so much. But why is it a lot of boxers, a lot of them don't do both. Some of them just major in one particular aspect. Isn't that limiting you as a fighter? Yeah, um, 
100%. And it goes back to what I was saying earlier, as far as like having an ego, having, you know, thinking, you know, it all or being comfortable. People get something they're really good at. You know, Conor McGregor was a great striker and you stuff more with that. People with ground games stuff with that. It's it limits you when you're not willing to open your mind to new techniques, whether you use it or not, just being able to try it out and see if it can help your game is, is huge. So like the real great fighters, um, uh, Francis, the heavyweight who just won over the weekend, you know, big knockout power guy. And then this weekend he just showed his ground game that nobody even knew about. And now it's like, wow, this guy will stand and knock you out or he'll take you down and beat you up. Um, so, you know, the real, real greats of MMA, like the George St. Pierre's, um, you know, the people who are good at both are the ones that are really going to thrive because they're willing to open their game up some more. So what makes John Jones such a great fighter, in your opinion? Just freak athlete, natural talent. Um, he's one of the unfortunate cases, just like so talented. And then like the Conor McGregor's are the guys who get a lot of, not as Conor McGregor, you know, they've had their issues or, but as far as like, you know, all his legal troubles, it's just like, you know, he didn't get that coming up because he didn't have the money. Then he gets money and then he gets stupid with it. And it's unfortunate, but yeah, he's just, you know, some people are just quick learners, natural athlete athletes. And I think he's one of them. Um, his brothers both play in the NFL. So, you know, that's just, <laughs> it's in the blood sometimes. Um, so add that and is he had he's such like naturally tall and big like he just had so much going for him and then you know even if you work half as hard you know you're going to be a star with that kind of um, that kind of talent he has. You know Hollywood actor Michael Jai White um, sparred with him as a matter of fact last year and he gave him the flux. Now Michael Jai White is a black belt um, as well, but in karate, but he gave John Jones and them were sparring and that, that wasn't fun for Michael, as he said uh, recently on Vlad TV. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, we're gonna take your questions. Uh, we are talking to the man himself, Mr. James Netflix Neville. When we come back from this commercial break, we're gonna find out how did he get the middle name Netflix? Only on the Sherrod Show. We'll be right back right after this. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to the Sherrard Show. I'm your host, Sherrard, having a wonderful, special morning episode of which speaking to a MMA superstar, um, Mr. James Netflix Neville, about his career, um, as well as his ambitions. You know, it's and you can we can take your questions. Um, I see your questions. We'll get to them momentarily. Now, James, where did you come up or how did you get the name Netflix um, in your middle name? So uh, ever I just always been a very chill guy, like kind of very relaxed, very mellow. It's kind of funny when you think about, you know, fighting, it's very, you know, aggressive, win, knockout, but I've always been just a mellow guy. Even my fights as a wrestler, jujitsu, I've always, always had a calm face. I've just always been so relaxed and chill. So everyone, you know, out of nowhere, someone was like, oh, we should call you Netflix Neville because you're so chill. So like, you know, call you Netflix and chill. I just stuck with it. I didn't really question it much. I was like, that sounds cool. And, you know, when you hear the name Netflix Neville, it's very unique. You know, you got a lot of fighters like, oh, Hands of Steel or The Monster. It's very generic. I This sport, you have to be a good fighter, but you more importantly, unfortunately, have to promote yourself. And when you hear something like that, it's catchy. It's not I don't know any other fighters with that name. So I stand. It makes me stand out a lot more, too. Yeah, and those who are watching, don't come up with Alan Amazon Prime Michaels or whatever, something weird like that. Netflix is very, very original as well. Absolutely. Now, um, James, when it comes down to the night of the fight, every fighter that I've had on the show, from Mike Tyson to um, 
Austin Trout to um, Floyd Schofield, you name them. They always say that there's jitters, a little jitters, a little nervousness when you're going in, not fear, but just a little nervousness. Is that how it is for you when there's a match ahead of yours and your match is the next one? Absolutely. Um, and that's part of the game too. I mean, you know, you're going to get punched, kicked, you know, you're going to take some licks in this sport. Um, and it's just part of it. Um, the only way to really deal with it is experience. Every fighter gets it. Um, I don't care what anyone says. They're either get jitters or they're a liar. It's, it's part of the game. Cause you know, you can spar and do all that stuff. That's never an issue, but then you're in like the stage, the lights are on your cage, all that work you've been putting into all the money you're committed, all the family and friends looking at you. It's like, how are you not going to get the jitters? But once you're in there, the bell rings, you cool down, you go to the game plan, and then it's just another day. So so after the match and you're victorious, um, how do you typically feel after that, knowing that you're victorious from taking someone down who was practicing just as hard to take you out? The best way I can describe it is if you've been walking around all day with 500 pounds of weight on your shoulders, dragging you out hot weather and then as soon as that bell you know the ref stops it or they call the winner it's like it all falls off you it, you feel weightless it's amazing it's there's no other feeling like it it's just all that stress all the jitters all that this guy's trying to kill me i need to kill him before he kills me just gone and now you're the winner and then it, all the the things you were worrying about have left every problem you've had is now a uh uh you know, solution. It's the best feeling. And now you're walking around this whole crowd is like, yo, cheering you on. You're the, for that brief moment, you're the, you're on top of the world. You're the greatest man ever in that moment. So it's, it's unreal, but it, it goes away and I can't, there's no drug that can get close to that feeling. You know, it's amazing. Um, You were mentioning as well, I was reading about you. Um, when you're, you're in Virginia um, right now, ladies and gentlemen, he is, and this is, uh, this is where you were born. Is that correct? Uh, originally, I'm actually from California in uh, Palmdale. I only li I was there till I was about 10 and then moved up into Virginia and I've been kind of moving around here and there. But now I've, for the last year and a half, I've been in uh, Richmond, Virginia. So right before you became pro, um, you mentioned that no one wanted to fight you. Everybody was afraid to fight you in Virginia. What was that all about? Uh, I, I couldn't tell you. Um, and not even pro. Like right now, I, I'm going to Texas to fight because no one would fight me here. I, there was an event in local in Virginia, Richmond, actually, um, I had three fighters fell through, fell through like, Oh, we have someone to fight you. Nope, nope, nope. Um, it's, it's good and bad, uh, bad, obviously, cause I want to fight and no one will fight me, but it's good. I mean, I just built such a great amateur career. Um, I, I, my record is just phenomenal. When you see it, it's not, I'm not a good first fight for anyone. Nobody wants to lose in the sport. A lot of people want to protect the record, which I get. Um, it's just frustrating because I can't get anyone close to my level of the debuting. And then, that's why I fought the person with 13 pro fights. Cause it was like the only person who would take it because every, all, you know, people with the same record are just, you know, for, are worried to fight me. So they're scared of the tape of you. Apparently when they see the tape of you, um, they're pretty scared in terms of that, but you're going to be very successful. I can tell in terms of that, he has the whole look and I've been seeing his footage, very impressive individual. Well, ladies and gentlemen, it's time for our questions. Our audience members are going to ask Mr. James Netflix uh, Neville questions about his career as well. Um, this is from Gemma. This is from Gemma. She is in Boca Raton, Florida. She says, uh, you're absolutely incredible in what you do. You're very inspirational to us as well. Her question, though, is uh, why is it box? Why is it they say boxers need to stay in boxing and MMA fighters need to stay in MMA? Uh, I don't know who says that. I mean, oh, well, I guess they're probably talking about the whole Jake Paul and all of that kind of fun stuff with MMA fighters come to boxing, boxing, going to MMA. Um, look, the way everyone, a lot of MMA fighters hate Jake Paul. They think he's, you know, scumbag, douchey. 
I like him. I think he's doing great for MMA. He's exposing the horrible pay that MMA fighters are getting. And, you know, MMA fighters are going to fight him and making, you know, more than they made in the UFC, the top of the line thing. Um, but when you hear keeping boxers and boxing MMA, like boxers can't come to MMA, you know, if you only have hands and you have to deal with kicks, elbows, takedowns, that's just, it's every boxer who's gone to MMA for, I think nine out of 10 have all been demolished right away um and we've had mma fighters go to boxing and like we've had some success with them uh anderson silva is probably the best success story he's been actually beating legit boxers um and then you got some older boxer mma fighters trying to do boxing and they're just getting beat up you know it's it's a it's a circus show but it's selling tickets at the end of the day you know people are just trying to set make money and you know some fighters want to go to mma fighters want to go to boxing because you know they want to get more money they're getting paid a lot to go there um but that that's my opinion on it. Thank you for your question, Gemma. We appreciate that as well. Thank you for your answer as well, James. This is from Russell. This is from Russell. Um, he is all the way in uh, Raleigh, uh, Raleigh, Durham, uh, North Carolina. He said, I'm a huge fan as well. I'm thinking about joining and being a part of MMA. But this question is, what is the difference between MMA and UFC? So, they're not a difference. So, and you get this all the time when I, people ask me about MMA, they're like, Oh, you do UFC. Um, UFC is the, the high level of fighting. It's not a sport. It's an organization. So that would be equivalent of saying football. What's the difference between football and the NFL? Like you do football and NFL is the highest level you can get to it. So when you start MMA, especially as an amateur, you're fighting on very local, small, you know, small corporate. So for like football, the collegiate rest or not even collegiate, like high school, you're starting low and then you work up to like the local pro events, which would be like college for football. And then UFC, or Bellator, our one championship, those are the NFL, the high level. So MMA, UFC is an MMA um, event, a sporting event, the top of it. So M you don't do UFC, you fight MMA to fight in the UFC. Very good. We really appreciate that. Um, our last question is from Stan. This is from Stan. He's all the way in Chicago, Illinois. Here's a two-part question. His question is, first off, um, are people intimidated by you on the streets when they find out you're an MMA fighter? And second, do you get challenges because you are an MMA fighter on the streets? That is a great question. And that was fun. That was my whole, you get in the beginning. I don't think people, I'm in a very intimidating. I mean, I'm six feet about two, two Oh five right now. Um, so I'm not a very, I mean, I'm a big guy for sure. I'm bigger than normal, um, but I don't have a very intimidating feel. I don't like look around angry. I'm just, like I said, I'm a chill guy, just very relaxed, kind of just doing my own thing. I'm very nice and polite to most people. So I don't, I don't think I give off this vibe as far as I know. I mean, I sometimes like just sit there and some people think I'm annoyed, but it's never the case. I'm just hanging out. Um, yeah, you will not, not, not recently, not in a long time when I first started and I would, you know, I would actually not tell people I fight for that reason. People would be like, Oh, you're a fighter. Oh, well, you think you take me? You think I'm like, I don't want to fight you. I fight to compete. I'm not trying to get street fights. That's not MMA. I compete to go on like, you know, for a sport, not to fight random people on the streets. Um, so I, I don't tell people about my fighting on us. I mean, like I bring it up. I promote myself, but randomly I don't bring it up. I mean, unless it comes up naturally, but I, I hate it when people are like, Oh, you're fighter. Oh, let's fight. We're like, well, first, why would you want to fight a fighter? It's like, it's, it's silly to me. Um, most of the time at parties you're getting drunk and then one guy wants to be cool. So um, yeah, but even though, but I've never been in a street fight, believe it or not. I've always, I'm very cool headed. I always de-escalate every situation. Um, it, but you know, it is part of the game when you tell people you're fighting, then it's like, Oh, Here's the fighter guy. I wonder if he can beat me up kind of thing. <laughs> Very good. Do you have time for one more question? Yeah, absolutely. I got all the time in the world. 
Very good. Now, this is from Charlotte. She's actually from San Antonio, Texas. She's saying she's hoping you do come to her city to perform. She would love to see you in person do your thing. We would too as well, Charlotte. Her question is, can you list, name your five um, favorite MMA fighters as well as your five favorite boxers? Absolutely. Um, well, let me start off. Uh, I can't name my five top boxers. If I did, it would be very generic. Um, I love I love the sport of boxing. I don't follow it as much. I'm very pure MMA. So if I just see boxing, I'm just like, no, add a kick, throw an elbow, grab them. I'm like, I need more. I'm just so big. I appreciate it, but I don't really follow it as much. Uh, or I, it's not that I don't like it. I just don't follow it enough to know enough names for it. Like I know the Tyson Furies, the Mike Tysons, the Floyd Mayweathers and stuff, but I want to know enough to give my personal top five. Um, but as far as MMA, um, in no order, I couldn't say um, Fedor Emelianenko. He was uh, one of the big, the greatest MMA heavyweights of all time. He, uh, for those who don't know, very average, kind of looked like a middle-aged dude, but he uh, had one of the most impressive records in Pride, uh, which was uh, kind of a, another UFC back in the day in Japan. Um, Fedor, I would say George St. Pierre is a good one. Dan Henderson, uh, Demetrius Mighty Mouse Johnson, definitely. Um, uh, Anderson Silva for sure. And, uh, it's hard to keep it to five because there's probably, there's so many more for like each one, like John Jones, when he's not on drugs or, you know, running from the cops is, I mean, the talent is definitely there. Um, but you know, I would say those top five, top six, those are my favorite. I love and the, the, the common thing about all of them, they're well-rounded, great strikers, great ground game, whether they're on top, bottom, they, if people who can finish the fight from anywhere are the type of fighters I really respect. Very good. I really appreciate you all's questions. Um, this man is very eloquent in his answers. Um, I love the answers as well as the questions as well. I have one last question for you um, as well. Um, I know you probably get this all the time. Um, I'm not going to say the obvious. How would Bruce Lee do, you think, if he was here in MMA? But I would ask the question, what do you think a younger Steven Seagal or John claude Van Damme would do in MMA today? It depends. Um, and I'll even go into the Bruce Lee one. Bruce Lee is, you know, obviously a legend, um, but he didn't ver have very actual good sparring martial arts. He had great movies and he had amazing inspirational quotes and he was very moving. Um, but as, as far as actual sparring, he actually wasn't as good. Um, but that doesn't take away from what he represented and what the thing he's done for people and like um, the movement he's done. Um, Seagal and Van Dan, I'm not sure, you know, if I feel like their dedication to like their movies acting and then also their martial arts outside of it, if they committed to MMA, I have no doubt they probably would have been very successful as well. Um, Steven Seagal, I don't know. He's kind of iffy with me. I feel like he makes stuff up or he says like, oh, this is my move the whole time. Like, I have no disrespect. Never met him, man. I don't know for sure. But he's I've always had a bad vibe about him. Like Anderson Silva knocked out uh, when he knocked out Vitor Belfort. He's like, yeah, I taught him that front kick. I'm like, no, you didn't. He learned that from what it's like. He always seems full of it to me, um, in my opinion. But if he, you know, a younger and if he did put that into like jujitsu Muay Thai, I'm sure he would have been successful because he put his time and effort into like, you know, movies and other stuff and look at him, he's a star. So I, you know, if he generate, you know, that same uh, passion into his fighting, I mean, why not? I feel like he would have been very well. So James, tell us uh, where your fans can keep up with you on your social media handles. The new fans that are asking me right now, what's his Instagram? What's his Facebook? Well, ladies and gentlemen, he's going to tell you right now. I'll tell you right now. I want to make sure I got it. Um, they're very simple for the most part. My uh, Instagram is the James Neville. I keep it very simple for people. Um, if you look up Netflix Neville, you'll probably find that too. Uh, my Facebook as well, James Netflix Neville for my fighter page. Um, you know, like I said, Netflix Neville is a very unique name. So if you look up Netflix Neville or hashtag Netflix Neville, I'm going to be the pretty much the only thing with it or anything worth looking at. So yeah, um, the James Neville, very easy or James Netflix Neville, it, it pops up. 
Um, you can also find me on the MMA Institute page. Um, not only am I a coach there, I fight there. I also run the social media there. So my I've generated my whole life around fighting. So if you look on there, follow MMA Institute while you're at it, and you'll see all about me and my team because I, you know, obviously I'm pretty good, uh, you know, a future star for sure. But the talent right now for my gym, MMA Institute specifically, is phenomenal. Uh, we just had one of my great friends, teammates, Dave Godfelter. He just fought in Florida on – I three days notice and one in uh, finishing the guy in the third round. And that was also on George Masvidal's UFC fight pass or his event. So we're, we're a great gym, but like, we're now really starting to get known. And like when, you know, I, when I go to Texas and, you know, get this, uh, this fight streak going, you guys are going to see what I mean. Very impressive as well. Very impressive. We want to thank you for being on the show today. Uh, Mr. James Netflix Neville himself, make sure you follow him on his social media as well as his next upcoming matches. This man is going to be huge and I hope I can be able to cover his match wherever he is in a city near you as well. James, any final thoughts? You know, I just appreciate having me here. Uh, like I said, guys, you know, Netflix Neville, I'm a very, I'm up and coming. I mean, like I said, I don't know how much of an ego. I mean, I just say, you know, tune in, watch the fight. If you like it, I feel like you will. Um, And follow me because I'm a funny guy too. I love to entertain people and love to, you know, to be a genuine person. I'm not trying to put on this fake persona. Like I love fighting. It's literally my job. It's all I do. I quit my full-time job as a baker overnight to do this fully. And, you know, I lost, you know, I'm financially hit, hit hard, but I know this is where I'm going. And, you know, that's what I'm about. He's going to be doing some big things. And if it doesn't work out in MMA, uh, God forbid, James, you can always land a spot on Sons of Anarchy. I guarantee you, you absolutely got the look. Well, ladies yeah, and gentlemen, absolutely. on our next episode of the Sherrard Show, we have from Cobra Kai himself, Mr. Karate Kid, Ralph Macchio will be stopping by the Sherrard Show to talk about the success of Cobra Kai. And for all of you all, make sure you download uh, Pure Essence Television to your Roku as well as your iOS or Android device to see this episode this weekend. And then also on iHeartRadio. For Mr. James Netflix Neville and the Sherrard Show, we'll see you next episode. Bye-bye now.